Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. After Nine listeners, this is Zach Workin. Welcome to episode 50 of After Nine. We are so excited to have a special guest on the podcast today. We are interviewing our good friend, Elle Campbell. Maybe you know her from Stuff You Can Use, Youth Ministry Answers, or Orange Middle School Curriculum. But she's here today to answer some of our favorite, honest After Nine questions. So sit back, listen, and enjoy Elle sharing her thoughts and takes on what it really means to do youth ministry. I'll be back at the end to fill in any gaps. I'm so excited about our guest today. She is a dear, dear friend, not only from youth ministry, but also the world of podcasting. Here today with us is Elle Campbell. Yeah. Guys, I'm so excited to be here. I love podcasts. I love youth ministry. I love Zach. I love After Nine. I'm just happy. I'm so happy. It's true. Like it's one of those really exciting things. So, so L, like you were one of the podcasts when Chad and I first started that we were kind of listening to, and we were like, "This mm-hmm. is a great podcast. This is a great model, not just for youth ministry, but for podcasting." You probably know L from Youth Ministry Answers, which is her website and the stuff you can use. And her and her husband Kenny have also developed a great game. And so, this was like oh! I think what, what really solidified our friendship <laughs> is that you developed. A game for youth ministry, right? Yes. And we had some conversations about it, right, Zach? Like, you gave us some, like, ideas. We were, like, in – you were in alpha mode. You were, like, almost done, but we're still kind of, like, workshopping some stuff. Yes. Yes. That was good. It was good. It was great. So the game is Pharisees. So if you don't know Mm -hmm. Elle from anything else, you can pick up a copy of Pharisees, (laughs) check out Youth Ministry Answers, listen to stuff you can use. Or if you're an orange user, you will recognize her face from all of the middle school curriculum. Yes, sir. She has been involved in youth ministry for many years. Not a long time, but many years. Yeah. Lots of experience. Yes. A good chunk of my life. Maybe not a good chunk of like, (laughs) you know, the life of the universe, but a good chunk of my life. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. You, you're well versed. Yeah. You're well versed. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. So, so, El, one of the first questions we always want to ask our guests on After Nine is maybe this is the question that helps set up some other questions. But what mm-hmm. got you into youth ministry? Like, there is like yeah. at least ten thousand other careers, professions, vocations, most of which like make more money right. or have less hours. <laughs> but like, what got you into youth ministry? Yeah. Story, vocation, calling, all that stuff. Totally. So, you know, I didn't actually anticipate going into youth ministry uh, for basically until four years into youth ministry. Okay. So, um, so I feel like, exactly, exactly. I feel like I kind of stumbled into it a little bit. Um, But, you know, for me, 
I really attribute a lot of that to the fact that um, when I was growing up, although I was really involved with church, I mean, I grew up going to youth group. Um, I love church. I love being in my church community. But I really never saw any women serving in ministry in ways that resonated with me. Um, for me as a kid, I mean, I saw women leading other women's Bible studies, and I saw them maybe in children's ministry or like playing the organ or something, and I can't play the organ, and I don't really like kids. So <laughs> I was like, I don't know if ministry is my thing. Yeah. Um, but when I was in high school, I started serving as a small group leader, a volunteer small group leader. I loved it. I was like, man, I just want to serve like in youth ministry for forever. Like I would love to be a small group leader for my entire life. Uh, and then when I think I was 17, maybe 18, um, and okay. I had gone to a student leadership conference. Um, and you know, this moment, it didn't really like kind of connect as anything significant at the time. Um, but looking back on it, it kind of has a new perspective for me. Um, so I was at the student leadership conference and the communicator kind of asked all of us as students, like, Hey, who here um, sees themselves serving in ministry vocationally someday. Okay. And I remember sitting there and that was the moment that I started like kind of rifling through all of the, um, kind of ministry roles that I knew of and trying to figure out, can I do that? Can I do that? Can I do that? And I couldn't find one that made sense to me. Um, so in that moment I was like, well, I guess not, I guess ministry is not my thing. Mm. Um, and I really kind of let that sort of shape um, what I thought about myself and my future um, for mm. a long time. Um, I just didn't really see my place in the body um, as a vocational uh, you know, minister. But uh, a few years later, I was given an opportunity just to work full-time at my church in family ministry uh, okay. in kind of like an assistant, um, like event planning, coordinating kind of role. Did a little bit of a lot of things. Okay. Uh, did that for a few years. And still, I mean, I think I did that for four years and I still really was like, this is just a temporary gig until I figure out what I really want to do. Sure, sure. Um, but there were some staff changes at my church and a job position opened up in middle school ministry with uh, my husband, Kenny. He was the middle school pastor. And um, I was like, you know, I would love to just serve alongside him. Like, let's just do this together. So yeah. I joined the middle school team um, overseeing all of the small groups and all of the small group leaders and volunteers. And it was like, that was kind of when it clicked for me. Like, oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. Like, okay, got it. I got it now. Um, so that was really the, that moment for me that um, it just kind of took me finding the right role for me to realize, okay, I do have a place. Like, I do have a sure. role uh, that kind of fits my passions and my skills and all that stuff. So kind of happened by accident, I guess. By accident, but also in a role that you really had. <laughs> like seen yet that's yeah. that's fascinating mm -hmm. that it would be something that it wasn't even you know it, it wasn't wasn't the organ playing and it wasn't the pbs <laughs> children's ministry although middle schoolers they're quite young i mean you say right. that's true they're quite young yeah and for us we started our middle school actually started with with a uh, fifth grade so we had okay. little like 10 year olds strolling yeah. in there little babies yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah good. it was good. Got to watch them get slammed by puberty, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Just, the fifth grade, the fifth grade boys choir became the eighth grade boys choir. That's no, good. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's fascinating that it was um, something that you were already on staff and mm -hmm. fell into. Okay, okay. Well, okay. So you're working at Orange now, and yeah. there's obviously many ministry to youth minister moments. Mm -hmm. But in your time serving as middle school director, working in the churches. Like, what is your favorite youth ministry moment? Like, yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. from working with young people, like, what is, like, the moment that when someone's like, why do you still love youth ministry? Like, this is that <laughs> moment. <laughs> right. So, 
Um, what's interesting is when I was thinking about this question, um, I, what I realized was that um, I kind of have two moments. And for me, both of them actually have a lot to do with being a volunteer in youth ministry or ministering to volunteers in youth ministry. Um, there's something we talk a lot about, especially at Orange, is this, this idea that, you know, you probably got into youth ministry because you love students, but at some point you start to realize if you actually want to make it in youth ministry, you have to like the adults who like students. Yeah. <laughs> and um, So for me, kind of actually both my moments kind of revolve around that idea. So the first one actually happened when I was just a volunteer. Um, so I was serving as a small group leader. Um, I was still pretty new, and I was trying to figure out, like, what my role really was as a small group leader because it's kind of a weird role. Like, there's not a clear job description for it all the sure. time. Um, but we had this uh, a volunteer training, and we had just hired a new youth pastor at my church, and he came in, and he was kind of just training us as small group leaders. Uh, and one, the one thing he said to us was, hey, leaders, um, I want you guys to think of yourselves as the youth pastors to your small group. Um, mm. And for me, I was 17. And like I kind of just said, I didn't really see myself having, um, as, a, as a woman in the church, as having like much of a voice. And so yeah. to be told that I get to be the youth pastor to the small mm. group of kids um, was really huge for me. So that was kind of like my pre-youth ministry moment. Okay. Uh, but then, uh, real, then my next one really happened pretty quickly after starting middle school ministry full time. Uh, we were in a spot in our ministry where we felt like our small group leaders, we had spent a lot of time uh, kind of breaking down the vision and like, tr like trying to train them on what it means to invest in students and invest in families. Um, but there was something missing that we were trying to figure out. And what we realized was that we had told them a lot about a lot about um, the importance of partnering with the parents of the students, but hadn't really given them a ton of practical tools to make it happen. Okay. So we were like, hey, let's just try something. We don't really know what to do, but like what would happen if we put parents and small group leaders in the same room? And just like made them hang out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're like, hmm, it seems kind of simple, but let's let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Uh, so we. I bet that happens far too little. <laughs> I think what you just right. described is probably the least the least frequent pairing in churches. <laughs> that's yes. The people that work with young people and the people that parent young people. Right. Plus that's the same person that probably almost <laughs> never happens. Exactly, and that's like kind of how we felt too, because we're like, you know. When you think about the parents and the small group leaders, like those are the two adults that have the most influence in a kid's life. Yeah. And so it kind of makes sense that they should be on the same page. Um, and so we were like, you know, how do we just make Or at this least happen? known to each other. <laughs> right. At least know each other's names would be this awesome. Is, this is Tim. Right. This is John. You both love Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when small group leader John, you know, calls Timmy's phone, you won't be like, who is this creepy dude calling my kid? Right, right, right. Yeah, just like, let's make hey, the hey, hey, is Jimmy home? <laughs> Right, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So we're like, you know, let's just put them in the same room, make them be friends, and just see what happens. Um, sure. So we put together this event, and really it was like super simple. We just ordered breakfast for them on a Saturday morning. Uh, we created kind of some conversation starter placemats because we're like, you know, this college kid age small group leader probably does not know what to say right. to this like 50 year old mom. Right, so right. <laughs> we made some conversation starters um, and just got them in the same room and just said, hey, this is. The small, this is like your small group leader of your kid. Hey, this is, these are the parents of the kids in your small group. You guys should just hang out, get on the same page. Like, let's just talk. And yeah. uh, we had scheduled the event for an hour and we're like, hopefully they have enough to talk about for an sure, hour. Yeah. 
Um, but at two hours, we had to ask people to leave uh, because they were like continuously, wow. like they did not want to leave. Like there were like parents crying. They were sitting at this breakfast, like crying, telling us, I never knew that there was somebody who cared about my kid. It's mm. like as, almost as much as I do. So yeah. it was this really cool moment to just see these connections happening um, and to see this partnership happening just for the sake of kids, um, which was huge. And so being able to see those connections, I think, was um, just a great moment for us to kind of see like, hey, this is how ministry should be done. It shouldn't just mm. be me as the staff person trying to invest in kids, um, yeah. but really kind of empowering people to influence kids together. Oh, that's good. No, I, I, that's right. I think that so many times the youth ministry feels like a kid is a boat just going from like buoy to shore, and <laughs> yeah. there's just like <laughs> we're just hoping that they don't like hit the rocks right? or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay, that's great. Uh-huh. But we all know it's mm. not always great. Yeah. For every yeah. every two hour breakfast that was scheduled Ooh. for an hour, there's at least two or three other moments that right. are not good. Right. So question right. number three. <laughs> And it's okay because you're still here and you're yeah. still serving and doing I'm the still thing. Alive, yeah, exactly. You, you weathered the storm. Mm-hmm. L, what was the night you almost quit? Oh my gosh! Oh or my what gosh! Was one of the nights that you yeah. almost let's see. Like, <laughs> you were just like, I'm done. This is it. I'm saying goodbye tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say one of the nights. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> I think the hardest thing for me in ministry has been firing volunteers. That is. Wait, is that a real thing? That is a real thing. You can fire a volunteer. Sometimes you really need to fire a volunteer. And it is the most painful, awful situation. Because you've got these people who like, you know, for, you know, they're coming from a ton of different situations. But for the most part, you know, they're people who want to invest somewhere. They want to serve. They want to do something that matters. Uh, But for a variety of reasons... Sometimes you have to fire them (laughs) and it's awful. Like most of the people that I've had to fire have been um, mostly like young college aged kids who were just making bad choices um, who like, Hey, listen, leave all of that up to your imaginations. But like, I get it. Like, Hey, I like, I know we all make stupid decisions at some point in our lives. I get it. I am not saying you're a terrible person. But you are in a position right now where you are influencing yeah. the lives of 11-year-olds, and yeah. they see what you're doing on social media. So, like, you either got to stop it or you got to step down. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, the choice was, well, I'm going to step down and I'm going to be really okay. angry at you. Um, yeah. So I think that's been the hardest thing for me is, like, you know, you want to have grace. and mm. But at the same time, you have to protect the kids that these volunteers are leading. Um, yeah. And sometimes you've just got to make hard choices that make adults angry at you for the sake of the kids that you're ministering to. And that sucks. Do you, do you feel like it's one of those, and I think you've shared it before, maybe, maybe even on uh, youth ministry answers for a couple of different episodes. Like what, what are the ways um, for a, a youth pastor listening to this mm-hmm. that has heard you say the phrase fire a volunteer yeah. <laughs> and they're like for the first time in their, for the first time in their ministry, someone has given them license yes. to do the thing they've always Yo. wanted to do. Yo. How do you begin to go about that? Is, like how, how do you break up with a volunteer in a way that is like, you know, noble, like how do you take the yeah. higher path? Like yeah. give, give us the, as the experienced person, <laughs> Oh gosh. Fired a I, volunteer. Yeah. Help us 
walk us through how that could look in its best form. Okay. Not in the way that it always plays out, but right. in its totally. best form. Yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> so I would say, first of all, just emotionally prepare yourself to have a terrible day. Just okay. keep your expectations there. And if it goes Don't start your day that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just keep your expectations low. Maybe if you're going to do like a morning meeting, schedule like a long nap after the meeting. Just okay. go home. Okay. Take yeah. a nap. Get a massage maybe. Sure, um, sure. But okay. Yeah. So – I mean, there's a few reasons why you would need to fire a volunteer. And so I think your approach needs to change based on what that is. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to fire a volunteer from a certain role if it's just not working. Um, So, for example, I mean, there are a lot of people who want to serve and they have great intentions. But when you actually get them in a room with teenagers, teenagers are like, I'm literally not ever going to talk to that person. (laughs) Like, please get that person away from me. And I get it. And it's like... You, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Some people, it's just not going to connect between them and the students for whatever reason. Um, and sometimes you sh- like you should be surprised sometimes by the kind of people who do connect with kids. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we had like an 80-year-old small group leader who was unbelievable. So right, right. I don't want people to think they have, there's like a certain type of person, like that cool young college kid who's the only person who should work with students. But those are the ones you fired. Though. You fired all the <laughs> college did, kids. Right, so, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. That's true. So um, I think in that situation, if somebody's in a role that's just not working, but there's not like a moral issue, uh, then I think what the conversation that needs to happen is like, hey, listen, um, I feel like you would be more effective in another yeah. role. Um, right, right. I, I think it's important, though, like sometimes I've, I know some student pastors who have tried to just straight up fire somebody from a role and like not have a backup plan. Um, okay. So having like a place where you can shift them to, I think is important okay. because you don't, you're not trying to crush anybody's spirit here. You're just trying to be like, <laughs> listen, you have something to contribute. I don't think it's this area, but I think it's this area. Can we move you? Um, yeah, it, it's not you. It's us, right? right? <laughs> right like, it's not right. you. It's us. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like there's a way to preserve dignity and to give value okay. to that person in that process. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, listen, like this, I don't feel like this is working. I want you to feel good about the way, like the, the way that you're involved and like what you get to do. And I feel like you could add a lot of value over here. So what if we tested this out instead? So I think that's a great way to approach it in that situation. Um, if you have somebody who has like some moral failures going on, like some, you know, issues, maybe they're major issues or maybe there's kind of like, you know, gray areas, some, some serial behaviors, maybe. (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, I think first of all, we have to do some work on the front end when it comes to like hiring and training our small group leaders and volunteers in the first place. Um, like having a really clear code of conduct is really going to like save you for moments like this. Um, because if you've got a document that they signed that said, (laughs) I am not going to do these things, that gives you a lot of leverage in that conversation. So and here's where you said you would not do the things <laughs> exactly. that we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have that already, guys, go draft that literally tonight. Um, I have a copy that you can uh, look at. So you just tweet at me, E, 11 L's and another E, and I will give that document to you to give, give you a place to start. Um, yeah. But have a code of conduct. And then when those situations do arise, just pulling that out and be like, guys, listen, we all agree that this is what we need to live by. And you're not doing that right now. So the option is you need to stop immediately or I need to ask you to step down. Um, And that's hard, especially for like, like I said, for college kids or if you have high school students, students serving with you. um, It's just hard because they're trying to figure it out. Um, And, you know, we all make stupid choices at that age. But yeah, I think that's part of it. 
Mm-hmm. And in the age of social media, sometimes yeah. our stupid choices are drawn with highlighter and not pencil. <laughs> right. And it, uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. th- things that maybe you could live with in secret are now yeah. much more accessible. And sure, sure, totally. sure, sure. Totally. Okay. Well, hey, that is, uh, you know, uh, I think for a lot of our listeners, that is probably a night that they wanted to take <laughs> an extra long nap yeah. or, you know, check into what it would look like to be some me time, either <laughs> massage or a couple of cups <laughs> of, you know, cold coffee. No cup. <laughs> snow coning or whatever that right. is. all those things are good options good self-care what, what, options good moral self-care for yourself that yeah, does yeah, not yeah. jeopardize your own code of conduct yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's good that's good yeah don't don't quit because you had to fire them that's right let's not get too yeah out of this. seriously that's a good move that's good that's oh, good <laughs> uh, another tough question though mm-hmm. uh, and this is i think maybe on on the kind of the personal self-care side of things yeah um if you've served in ministry for longer than a few months and you've had done any kind of programming or any kind of like weekly putting together of events or things, there is usually at the end of that kind of energy and force and putting things together, mm-hmm. a kind of release afterwards. Uh, we talk about it on the podcast as kind of the after nine question. Maybe yeah. it's the question of self-doubt or the question of wondering like, did I make a difference? Did I do a good job? And I think our people want to know for you, for you, L, mm-hmm. what was maybe that question? What was maybe yeah. the thing that like haunted, lingered, uh, mm-hmm. if there was ever any moments of spiraling self-doubt? Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. what was the question that usually triggered you <laughs> to go in the mode of, you know what, maybe I will have Taco Bell tonight? Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So for me, um, my entire life, I have been a perfectionist. Through and through, that's my life. If I did not get a 100% on that math test, I was in Mm -hmm. tears in the back of the Mm -hmm. class. I was was Hermione Granger, basically, um, my entire life. Um, And so I still have that vein running through me a little bit. Um, I really tend to just want to do things perfectly, and that's not really something a human is generally capable of doing. Uh, So I think for me, my question is always like, was that good enough? Like, was I good enough? Did Mm. that, did, was this week good enough? Like that conversation I had with that kid, was that good enough? Um, and so for me, it's like, especially in those moments where maybe there was like a confrontation or maybe there was a hard conversation. Um, for me, it's like, I, I replay those conversations and those moments in my head a lot. And like, man, like, but I should have said this, I could have said this, if I had done this, this would have been better. And kind of just rehashing all of the alternatives um, right, and sort right. of beating myself up a little bit. I can I can beat myself up a little bit if I don't feel like I did something perfectly. Um, and so I think that's kind of my uh, my my tendency, my self doubt tendency. Um, but you know, I think for me, like the thing that I realized pretty quickly was so important in ministry is uh, just the value of having safe people that you can process those things with, okay. um, or even just somebody where who you can say like yo, this happened today. And Mm -hmm. I think I really screwed it up. Um, Mm -hmm. somebody who's safe, somebody who's maybe outside your ministry, who maybe doesn't even go to your church, um, who is not going to kind of take that story anywhere, but, um, who's just going to help you process. Um, because at least for me, who like is a little bit of a perfectionist, I think a lot of times I blow things up in my head to be a lot bigger (laughs) than what they really are. (laughs) Um, and so for me, my husband, Kenny does this a lot for me. If I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I think I totally blew this. Um, he's somebody who will just be like, Hey, I think that you actually handled this a lot better than you think you did. 
Um, Hey, I don't think this is going to be that big of a deal uh, in the long run who can kind of talk me off the ledge a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think just having somebody who can help you process those moments and either encourage you um, or just be like, hey, you're right. You did kind of screw that up, but it's okay. And here's how you can do it better next time. Um, I think is huge. Just helping you bring those moments out into the light to sort of, you know, get some freedom from them and kind of help process them. So in your quest for perfection, though, mm-hmm. do you have like a slotted time like with that outside person or with Kenny that you're like, OK, debrief, review? <laughs> like, do you, do, you, do you like do you like a lot that for yourself? Like, so in what ways yeah. is that maybe like a practice of self-care? Is that like an immediate thing for you? Like after like a Sunday or a midweek, does it happen then? Or is it yeah. like at Fridays at three, do you have like a standing appointment where you're like, <laughs> OK, here's where I need you to review my progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't have a standing appointment. I don't really do standing okay. appointments. Um, I, I'm a perfectionist, but I don't like structure. So okay. <laughs> kind of makes my life a little crazy sometimes. Um, but no, I think for me, it's like, uh, if there is something that I have, like, I mean, I rehash and replay moments in my head all the time, but if there's a specific thing that I find myself going back to maybe more than two times and it's like really bothering me that's when I know okay I need to have a conversation with somebody to just help me process this so um yeah I think it's more of a an on-demand kind of thing like hey I need and I'm also a processor um I need to sit with something for a little bit to figure out if it really does bother me or if I'm just a little tired right now and I'll be okay after a nap Uh, so I kind of give myself a little breathing room and just see like, Hey, is this really still bothering me? And if it is, then, you know, I got to get somebody else in the mix. Sure. So maybe not like the immediate fix of like mm-hmm. right after the incident, yeah. but like the next day, if it's still bothering you, yeah. maybe look to reach out and like, Hey, please help me. Like, yeah. here's what it is. Here's what it is. Please help me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm putting my head on my pillow at night and that's the last thing I'm thinking about when I go to sleep, then I know yeah. I should probably talk to somebody about it tomorrow. Learning, self-care, habits, processing. Mm-hmm. If you had a time machine, yeah, L. Campbell, what would you tell your first year youth ministry self? Ooh. So if you went back in time to that girl that was assisting in the uh-huh. events of the middle school and unsure about this or that and wondering the, to, to the, the girl that got asked at the student leadership conference, <laughs> <laughs> what's a way that you could serve? Yeah. What would you tell her? Yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> What would be great if I could be like, hey, listen, this is going to be your job in four years and you're going to love it. (laughs) Like this is you're going to be your job title and it's going to be great um, and it's going to be awesome. But I think really like the thing that I wish I had heard a little bit sooner in my life was like, hey, you are a girl and you have a place in ministry like Mm. that is not disqualifying you from this. Um, And I mean, I did eventually get that message. So that's great. Um, But it would have been nicer to hear it a little sooner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could have brought some clarity a little quicker. Um, But yeah, I think for me, it's just uh, what I've learned is the importance of um, being okay with like just putting one foot in front of the other sometimes. Like you may not know the big picture of where you'll be in a year or in five years. Um, And as a perfectionist who likes to control things, I do like to know that. I like to know what's about to happen. Um, But I think that's probably the the main thing that would have encouraged me back then is like hey listen it's okay the yeah. path is going to become clear over time <laughs> just keep putting one foot in front of the other do yeah. be faithful in the thing that you're in right now and you'll get there you'll figure it out that's a good word and and l i got to tell you like that's one of the things that uh, i value most about our friendship and the work and ministry that you do is to give a voice 
um, to to ladies in ministry in, in a way that I think is not always well represented. Mm-hmm. And I love that you are training leaders to lead. And for all of my male and female leaders, I'm really thankful for your voice and for the ways in which um, you make sure to remind them that all kinds of people are called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's great. That's great. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, friend. friend. It's, yeah. it's great to, you know, do ministry and have conversations with like-minded people who care and who want to empower both men and women and people of, who are of all different kinds of gifts and stuff. So it's pretty That's awesome. Great. That's great. Okay. Youth ministers are the worst about this. So you got to give us something because they probably have listened. Youth ministers, there's probably folks that have listened to the whole entirety of this interview. Yeah, and yeah. Thought, that was nice. That was neat. Give them what they want. What is something practical, a tip, an application, yeah. a thing you do? Get, give, them, give them something that you do this week in this part of your life yeah. or you've just learned or just discovered yeah. that they can like have. Like give, yeah. give them a thing, a takeaway. Yeah, yeah. All right. I have one, Zach, but you tell me if this is not practical enough. I feel like okay. it is, but if you're like, all right, give me another one. I'm happy to think of another one on the spot. But here's the one that I would go to is um, youth pastors, my friends, listen. There are a lot of us out there, and the value of us picking up the phone and talking to each other is enormous. So I would say this week, what you need to do is you need to somehow go pick the brain of a fellow youth worker. Maybe more. Maybe more than one. Um, That has been probably the single biggest thing that's helped um, me grow in ministry and like kind of helped fuel my creativity, um, is you need to be around other people who are innovating and who are trying things and who just do things differently than you. So Mm. I would say this week, find somebody who does something differently than you do in ministry and go find out why, find out what's working, find out what's not working and just learn from them. Ask them, Hey, what's the best thing you did this, this year? What's the worst thing you did this year? Um, What do you think you like just your favorite part of your youth ministry calendar looks like? Just go ask them questions Um, there is this book that I read recently called a curious mind by Brian Mm. Grazer. It is so stinking good. Have you read it, Zach? You're nodding. It's It's great. It's good. And the whole concept, this guy, Brian, he's the guy behind Friday night lights. He's behind arrested development, eight mile, like all of these (laughs) like amazing magical things. And, um, for him, like this, this practice that he put into place was that, um, I, I don't remember how often he did this. Maybe you do, Zach, but he made it a habit to just go pick the brain of somebody random, maybe like yeah. the chief of police in a random city or like just somebody who did a job that was different from him and just learned from them and was curious and asked them conversations um, to that maybe he could use and maybe not. But just the idea of learning from people is so huge, I think. See, you just gave full justification to why I love Project Runway so much as a TV oh show. My wife and I have been watching since season one, <gasps> and we play our own like in-house version of Project Runway Fantasy, where you pick yes. the winners each yes. week. Yes. Because I love the design process, right? Like, I can't sew. Uh, I know nothing about tailoring. Amazing. But the process of like that's too editorial or like <laughs> that you're, you're over designing it. Like right. I think so many youth pastors need to hear the phrase, um, make it work and you're over designing it. And so I just, for, for all that Tim Gunn has meant to me for Dude, youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. Okay. But it. so I'm reading this other book right now called smarter thinking and it's okay. written by art Markman. Okay. And I read an article by him like six years ago 
And I loved this article so much. And then I recently picked up this book, didn't even realize it was the same guy until I started reading. And I was like, oh, nice. it's that guy that I love. This guy, yeah, yeah. Um, but his whole thing um, is about, like, how to think more efficiently, how to be more creative, mm. um, just how to, like, you know, get your brain working better. And the thing that he talks about that's so huge is what he calls being an expert generalist. Okay. Uh, which means you learn a lot, uh, you learn a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. And he talks about how like the most creative people, the best innovators in the world were people who knew a little bit about a lot of things because um, you can become like a specialist in your craft. Maybe you are a specialist in theology. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can start to learn about some other things, um, you'll probably make some better connections and be more creative in your primary field. Um, so I think I love that. It's a That's great, great book. Highly recommend it. Just go learn something random. Go watch Project Runway or something. It's great. Or, or, or a cooking show or, or a fishing show. Like, yeah, you can do yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. I would never watch a fishing show, but I respect those who do. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure there's a deep methodology to the patience of what yeah. it means. Uh, yeah, there's something. There's yeah, something yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, something. Yeah. Probably. Probably. There's a blog post in that. I yeah, don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's great. Let me know well, when you publish that. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, Ms. Campbell. Uh, what do you got for our listeners? If they want to follow up with you, stay connected yeah. with you and what you're working on, mm-hmm. give us the shout out. Where can they find you? What yeah. do you got going next? Yeah. Uh, my favorite place to talk to people on the internet is on Twitter. Uh, okay. You can find me on Twitter at E with E 11 L's and then another 11 e. L's. Yes. Okay. E can we pause? Mm-hmm. Why 11 L's? Is, is that yeah. because already taken or <laughs> so <laughs> so stupid i hate myself okay so when i joined twitter um everything through nine l's was taken okay and then... you tried each one right like you went e yeah. two three four right. nine yeah. okay tried it all and so 10 was available but i felt like 10 was just like too boring it was like an even number sure it was weird and then i was like oh like 11 first of all that's a that's a prime number which is cool yeah and then, and then secondly, and secondly, if you look at an 11, it kind of, I'm holding up two fingers as if like right. somebody on this podcast can actually right. like picture right. this with me. Um, if you look at an 11, it looks like two L's, yeah. which is actually how you spell my name. So I was like, right. well, we'll just try it. We'll just Let's try see it. see if it's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the people love it, Zach. Everybody they loves do. it. They love it. That's not E11E. <laughs> e. That's E no. with 11 L's. Right. So just e L. Yeah. yeah. So go there. Uh, that's a good place. I mean, you can also find um, what I'm working on at stuffyoucanuse.org. Um, if you want to check out what's happening with XP3 Middle School curriculum, you can go to xp3ms.com. Um, oh, our podcast, Youth Ministry Answers, is on iTunes, or you can go to ymanswers.com. Um, yeah. And buy, and buy Pharisees on Amazon. You can buy oh, yeah. Pharisees on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Can, yeah, yeah. Right. Pharisee'sgame.com is where you can find yeah. that too. That'll take you right there if you don't want to search Amazon. And uh, yeah, I think that's all the things. That's awesome. Well, friend, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out today and for cramming one more meeting into your busy day of meetings. <laughs> uh, hopefully this is one that you not need to take a long nap after. Yeah, yeah. Exciting and fun. Yeah. No, this was a good one. This was a good one. Thank you for inviting me. I love what you guys are doing. Yay after nine. Best ever. Good stuff, right? For you, all of our After 9 listeners that struggle with a tendency towards perfection, whether or not you should fire that volunteer, or wondering or not if you're actually called, male and female listeners know that the After 9 team is here to support and encourage you and let you know that the struggles of youth ministry are real. For our friend L. Campbell, check out Stuff You Can Use, Youth Ministry Answers, or pick up a copy of Pharisees at Amazon today. 
Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministry or visit www.after9ministry.com to subscribe and learn more.